Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live episode number 10. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside Trey Biddy and Danny West over on the team at hogsports.com. It's a feel-good day on the show today after Arkansas's thrilling win over Kentucky inside Rupp Arena. We're going to unpack everything that went down in Lexington last night, what it means for the Hogs, and then we're going to preview this weekend's rematch with number 10 Missouri in Columbia. All that coming your way here today on Hog Hoops Live. Okay, everybody, as always, before we get started here, I want to remind everybody of all the ways that you can watch or listen to the show. Make sure that you like our Hog Sports page here on Facebook. You can subscribe to our Hog Hoops Live YouTube page. Go back and check out all the videos after they're posted there. You can also find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast, whether that be Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and the same place that you listen to Hog Sports Live with Trey. Throw us a like, five-star review, leave us a comment. Any and all of those things are greatly appreciated. Okay. What a win last night for the Razorbacks. You know, let's let's throw the records out the window for a second and talk about what this win means for Arkansas. Because, honestly, a lot of folks around the natural state are fired up this morning. And a lot of other folks are looking at them saying, hey, Kentucky sucks, relax. Hey, but that's a big win. First of all, no, Kentucky doesn't suck. <laughs> all right? They, they have underperformed. There's no doubt about it. They've... They haven't come together, you know, like a team to finish games, but they are loaded from top to bottom with big-time blue-chip talent. They've dominated this series against Arkansas for seven years, eight games in a row. Arkansas hadn't beat these guys since February 27, 2014. That's insane. Kentucky has been where Arkansas really feels like their program belongs, in my opinion, at the top. It's been a long time, but it doesn't seem like it's been that long ago since Arkansas was right there, the Nolan Richardson era. The fan base has been starved to get back there, and Kentucky's been there. It's frustrating. I mean, there are other big games, you know, ranked opponents, games that might mean more for the tournament resume and, and things like that, but there won't be another game this season that grabs the attention of Arkansas fans like the Kentucky game does. It's every year. But it's almost been like they've been... You know, Arkansas is Achilles heel or, or their kryptonite or something. Honestly, going into last night's game, it was shaping up to be another heartbreak for Arkansas fans. And I think a lot of them felt it leading up to the game. 
I did. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. The whole day yesterday, I, I felt a little uneasy. I was skeptical because it, there's just been this theme of these moments not really going well for the Razorbacks. It was a big opportunity. You had the long layoff between games. Part of that's good. You think you're going to get rested up. But on the other hand, you worry about losing some of the momentum and the rhythm that you built over that four-game SEC winning streak. You weren't sure about the health of a few guys. Kentucky, on the other hand, you know they've been struggling, obviously, but they'd really been in some battles, a lot of close games. They'd just come up a little short in the end, and you kind of look at them and you think, man, they're on the verge of maybe having a breakout. I, I didn't like it. I didn't want it to happen against Arkansas. Really exciting game. I, I thought it was well played by both teams. You know, Arkansas hung tough early. I didn't like what I was seeing early on, if I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, I thought Kentucky looked really comfortable from beyond the arc, as if nobody saw that coming, right? You know, the Hogs were kind of getting beat up on the backboards, on, on the rebounds. Kentucky's long and athletic. You run Desi Sills out there. It's good to see him out there. Clearly wasn't 100%. I, I really thought... In a game like this in Rupp Arena against Kentucky, that's a guy that you really wanted with that veteran experience. He's been in those games before. Wasn't 100%. And, you know, then you're kind of having a back and forth there in the first half, which is good, but you get to about the five or six minute mark of the first half, and all of a sudden you're in all this foul trouble, right? Moses Moody, Justin Smith, Connor Vanover all had two fouls. So you're in a situation then where the bench has to close the final five minutes of the half. You're already down at that point. I believe it was 29 to 27. You're down, you're down by a bucket, so not that big of a deal. But I thought that final stretch of the first half was huge for the Razorbacks. I got to give big props to Vance Jackson, to be honest with you. I mean, listen, there's no denying it. He, he, he's been a bit of a disappointment, okay? and that's not a knock on Vance. It, it's just true. Fans expected more. The coaching staff expected more. I'm sure Vance expected more from himself this season. It's been an up-and-down ride for him. But he comes in in that final five minutes of the half. He bangs in a game tie in three. He gives a nice little Euro step and a floater in the lane. You know, he grabs some big defensive rebounds. He comes away with a steal. He's diving and getting dirty you know, for loose balls, which you'd love to see coming from him. That type of effort on the defensive end. All of a sudden, it was a situation where Kentucky could have kind of extended a lead and been comfortable going into half, but Arkansas actually takes a one-point lead into halftime. I think Vance deserves a huge assist for that. I wouldn't be surprised to see him mixed in more, honestly, after the game. Must said it was hard to not turn back to him in the second half because he thought he played really well. Devo gave you some big buckets there, too, with some of your scoring pop on the bench. That was a big stretch. I thought Musselman made an interesting adjustment. You know, he, he, he showed some zone, a few possessions there. Just not a lot, just enough to throw Kentucky off for a minute. But to be able to go into the half with the lead in a situation where Kentucky had outshot you at the free throw line 17-6. to They'd out, outboarded you on the offensive glass 7-1. to And you're up at Rupp Arena at halftime. That's got to give you some confidence. You know, to be honest, I, I thought another huge stretch of the game was the first five minutes of the second half. You want to talk about building up a cushion, you know, Arkansas goes from one to up double digits during that stretch. Really good start to the second half. Moses Moody comes in, 
knocks down a couple of threes to open things up. Vanover scored five straight. He made a pair of free throws and hit a three. We'll talk about him more later. I thought he played well. Uh, but, you know, all of a sudden Arkansas builds up that cushion. They sure as heck needed it, <laughs> okay? I mean, listen, you had to figure at some point that Kentucky was going to put together some sort of a run, right? It's just kind of the way basketball goes. Are you kidding me with the threes from the Wildcats? I mean, come on. Kentucky hit 10 threes in the second half. For the record, they average 5.7 per game coming into play. They hit 10 in the second half. They were 14 of 26 for the game from three. It was unreal. You've got Olivier Sar out there, their seven-footer. He hit five threes all season. He, he bangs in three in the second half. He looked like Dirk Nowitzki out there. It was, it was incredible. Jacob Toppin banks one in. When guys are starting to bank in threes, you know they're feeling it. It was when those things started happening that I'm looking at the game thinking, man, here we go, <laughs> right? Devin Askew was shooting at about 25% from three coming into play. He hits a couple. B.J. Boston was 11 of 55 on the season from three. 11 of 55, that ain't good. Okay, hits four of five. They're just drilling it. It was the most threes Kentucky has made in a game since 2012. And to be honest, most Arkansas fans probably weren't surprised it was happening to them. Unreal. But what I will say is what that tells me is Arkansas took Kentucky's best shot and they still beat them in their own building, which is impressive. You know, Musselman even said after the game that that was part of the game plan because Kentucky's so athletic and good around the rim that they wanted to take that away. And, and so if they got perimeter looks, oh, well, they can't shoot anyway. Well, they could last night. <laughs> but it paid off in the end. I mean, the Hogs were up by a dozen with six minutes left in the game. You got to feel pretty good at that point, but then all of a sudden, there they go with the threes again. Just a barrage. Davion Mintz hits one with 12 seconds left to play, and all of a sudden Arkansas is down 80-79. to 79. That quick. You think about a Kentucky team that struggled so much to, to close games down the stretch. That's been their thing. They played well. They've looked the part for 35 minutes in a lot of games. They did it against Tennessee recently, did it against Missouri. And in striking distance within you know the last four or five minutes of the game, then they fall apart. It was almost the opposite for a while. Arkansas was really in control for most of the second half, despite all those threes. But then the last few minutes, Kentucky really turned it on. You know, when they took that lead <laughs> with 12 seconds left, I mean, it was at that moment I, I'm sitting there, and all, all I could think about was old Pinto. Everybody knows Pinto on Twitter, one of our Hog Sports subscribers, too. He's got that famous saying, hogs gonna hog. And it was like echoing all around me when that happened. I'm just like, here we go again. Not this time. The Razorbacks came through. Devo drives it. Shot comes up short. Tate skies over the trees. I mean, they got a couple, you know, long athletic guys there. Tate skies up over him, grabs the offensive rebound, draws a foul to go to the line. 4.3 seconds left. First of all, Kentucky, it was a foul. Okay, for for all this talk from whether it's it's BJ Boston after the game saying, well, I, I think I think the refs gave them that game or Calipari saying, yeah, I, I, was it a foul? Was it a jump ball? I got to go look at the film. Relax, dude. Your guy almost slapped the headband off of Tate's face. Okay, it was a foul. 
Anyway, goes up there, sinks the first one, ties it. Cal tried to ice him with a timeout. And to Tate's credit, you know, a guy who has been criticized at time at that point guard position for turnovers, uh, has been, you know, applauded at times for for stepping up in big moments and having big games, really came through. That's a, I mean, that you want to talk about a stressful situation. In Rupp Arena, down one, under five seconds, and you got two free throws. You know, I asked him, actually, after the game, you know, what was your mindset, and have you been in that situation before? Because it's rare. It doesn't happen every day. And he said he could remember a time where he would run away from those free throws, things like that. But that's one of the benefits of bringing in a grad transfer that's so experienced. They're ready for those moments. And he was. In fact, during the timeout, obviously he was confident that he was going to make the shot, but he was, he was echoing the defensive calls to the team. It's good. That's a sign of a leader. Goes up, buries the second one, put Ar- puts Arkansas up by one. And, you know, really, uh, I thought Kentucky actually drew up a nice play. That's a, that's a play I used to run and that we used to run coaching in college where, you, you know, you kind of bring a guy up the middle of the floor who's going to catch it in the middle, and then you got wing shooters coming on either side, and he can really pick which side he wants to go to. Well, here's the thing. Devo Davis has the best instincts on the team. He saw it. He read it. As soon as Saar, saw, uh, Saar excuse me, caught and turned, and you could tell which way he was going to go with the ball, Devo broke, got the steal, sealed the win. That was a big-time play from the freshman because if Saar would have been able to complete that pass up the floor with momentum, somebody would have got a decent look from three. And at the rate Kentucky was shooting it, it wouldn't have surprised me one bit if they would have made it. But great play by Devo Davis. And he went down there and flushed it with a dunk. And I know the buzzer sounded and it didn't count, but I just love the exclamation point there. I had to point it out. Thank you, Devo, for going and finishing that with a dunk. That was impressive. Man, feels good. It's almost like a, a sigh of relief. You know, you felt like Arkansas had to exercise some demons or something when it comes to Kentucky. And they did. It's just a sigh of relief. And again, I, I get it. Hey, they're they're five and thirteen or whatever. Hey, is is it gonna bump, you know, the needle a whole lot on the national landscape? No. In fact, Arkansas stayed exactly the same after the win in the net rankings. Kentucky got beat and actually moved up, which is good because because we need Kentucky to move up. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Felt good. You know, Jalen Tate, again, really stepped up, made some of those big-time shots, not just the free throws. You know, he had some tough finishes around the basket in key moments. He led the team with 15 points. You know, Moses, we talked about those two threes he hit early in the second half. He was four of six from three. Really good to see that for him. He, I mean, the guy's a prolific shooter. And he's been shooting it fine, but he's better than fine. Right, And so to see him rattle off four of six, if he can really heat it up down the stretch and be that 40% plus three-point shooter that you know he's capable of being, Arkansas is in a pretty good spot. You know, I mentioned Connor was a little worried about him coming into the game because of the, the length and athleticism that Kentucky plays with. They love to post up. So you just wondered, all right, you know, he, he's been looking a lot better the last few games. How's he going to hold up? 
in this type of matchup. I thought he did a good job. He looked like he belonged. He had seven of the first nine points for Arkansas. Had a couple nice dunks in traffic, made a couple threes, which you love to see from him. When Connor's making threes like that, and he's proven he's a threat, and he knocked one down early, well, what does that do to a Kentucky team that protects the rim as good as anyone in the country? All of a sudden, guys like Sar, Jackson, whoever, they can't hang out under the basket because they've got to respect Connor's threat and step out. It was the same thing when Vance Jackson came in. And you got two guys out there that they have to respect, and it spreads the floor, opens up the driving lanes, and then all of a sudden Arkansas is finishing around the rim at a much higher rate, 11 of 14 on layups, by the way, for the game. So that was big. You know, Connor had four rebounds, a couple blocks. I thought he was really huge for Arkansas early in the game and early in the second half. But I do think Cal kind of figured him out probably five, six minutes into the second half, because all of a sudden uh, he started getting it into those athletic forwards, you know, Jackson, uh, Keon Brooks, those guys. And instead of just trying to post them and go to work, he'd get it to him in space about eight to ten feet, and those guys would face up on Connor and attack him off the dribble, attack his lateral movement. They burned him on that a couple times. So Muss adjusted. He goes with Jalen Williams down the stretch, who I thought played his best game in an Arkansas uniform. I thought he was fantastic. What a promising freshman Arkansas has in Jalen Williams inside. He was physical. He played with a chip on his shoulder. I thought he was aggressive on both ends of the floor. Pissed off Isaiah Jackson, which eventually led to his frustration boiling over, and he got a tech, which is a big swing in the game for Arkansas. You know, Jalen finished with nine points, seven rebounds, and as a true freshman, who is his playing time has been sporadic, right? But to step in there and in crunch time and knock down five of six at the free throw line, your 6'10 freshman, that's big time stuff. I did really well. Hats off to Jalen Williams. J.D. Note had 11. You know, listen, I, I thought even though he didn't shoot it particularly well, I, I think he was 3 of 11, but he made some big shots in that first half. Uh, but I think that was about as good as we've seen from J.D. Note in terms of just letting the game come to him and staying within himself and getting in the flow of the game. wasn't forcing a lot. And he played some really good defense, by the way. Really good defense. He was a pest. It wasn't just holding his own. He, he was a factor on the defensive end guarding the ball. Maybe things are starting to click with him. And if that's the case, that's really good for Arkansas. Eight-game losing streak to Kentucky snapped. About time. Long overdue. Am I right? SEC winning streak for Arkansas runs up to five. It's big time. Remember, not too long ago, I was sitting on here saying, man, Arkansas is two and four. They're in the danger zone. Look at them now. Look at them now. All of a sudden, the Hogs have set themselves up for a showdown at number 10 Missouri on Saturday with second place in the SEC on the line. Let's go. That's exciting. Meaningful basketball in February doesn't get much better than that. You know, talking about Mizzou, listen, this is a revenge game, right? I mean, if you want to think back to that day in early January when Mizzou came into Bud Walton Arena, 
that was rough. <laughs> that was rough. The first full game without Justin Smith. Arkansas loses 81-68 to at home. First loss of the year. They were 9-0 at the time. I know you remember that. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. Arkansas shot 27% from the field in that game. 19 of 71 from the field against Missouri the first time around. 3 of 23 on layups. Layups! 3 of 23! I've never seen anything like it. Muss has never seen anything like it. It was rough. Jeremiah Tillman, the big man from Mizzou, and, and Xavier Pinson, the, the talented guard, both those guys went nuts. I think Tillman had 25, Pinson had 26 in the game. And, and really, that game kind of started that snowball effect that led to Arkansas digging themselves in a little bit of a hole. They lost four out of five. They, they sandwiched the Georgia win in there without Smith, which was, which was key. Had to get one while he was out. Uh, you know, but still, from the moment that game ended, you immediately circled the rematch on the counter because you, I think you felt like this was a team Arkansas could beat. I mean, they played as bad as they could possibly play, and it was honestly a close game until Musk got tossed near the end. I mean, it was, it was deeper into the second half before Mizzou extended that thing into double digits. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, I mean, to Missouri's credit, they've maintained their high level of play. I'll admit that surprises me. Because at the time, when they came into Bud Walton in early January, I wasn't convinced. But they're gettable. As Ruskin and Zach like to say, gettable. Right? They don't really blow anyone out. It's not always pretty or even exciting to watch Missouri play, but they have a veteran team. Those guys have been together for years. They play really well together. They know how to close out games. They've been playing well lately. You know, they got blown out by Tennessee early on in conference play. They avenged that loss. 
win beat Tennessee. They beat Kentucky last week. Handed Alabama their first loss last weekend. Now, they were blowing Bama out for a while. And then the tide went crazy over the last six minutes or so and, and wound up being a one-point win for Missouri. But that's a big win. They're legit. It's not going to be easy to go in there and get it done, but Arkansas certainly can. I think one thing that really stands out about Mizzou is they're a bunch of grown men. I remember during that game and after, you know, in the, in the, in the group text with Danny and Trey, and Danny just pointed out in the moment, those guys are huge. From a height standpoint, the two teams are pretty evenly matched, but Missouri, they're weight room strong, man. Guys are big, physical. They get after it defensively. So Arkansas is going to have to make some adjustments, right? Especially on Jeremiah Tillman. I mean, he absolutely destroyed Arkansas last time out. He had 25-11, and 11, so a big double-double. Okay, that was the game where Connor Vanover started catching a lot of heat. Now here's the deal. Connor didn't really get posted up and abused a whole lot in that game. And the pick and roll issues, I think you can point his way to a degree. But a lot of it falls on the guards also from that game. Okay, it was it was Pinson or Drew Smith getting off of the edge of that screen with a head of steam, Connor having to step over to help, and then Arkansas's rotations weren't good. So those guards were able to just dump it off to Tillman, nobody near him because nobody dropped down backside, and he's just getting dunks. And so, so when that happens, it's not all on Connor. I'm not saying he was perfect. Right? He, he made plenty of mistakes, and his inability to be able to get out and hard hedge screens and things like that is kind of what led to some of that. But it wasn't all on him. Okay, For one, I think Justin Smith really helps eliminate that kind of stuff, and I think he's an X factor in this game for a number of reasons. Okay, Arkansas got pounded on the glass. I think it was 51 to 36 last time against Missouri. Now, Arkansas missed 50 shots. Okay, so there are a lot of opportunities for rebounds there by Missouri. But obviously, Smith is going to help in the rebounding department. The things he can do on the defensive end in, in terms of being a presence around the rim and his ability to recover okay, and, and can kind of help and shade Connor a little bit, that's all going to pay dividends. Now, Pinson was a huge problem for Arkansas. They could not keep that dude in front of them. I, I'm honestly not sure that they can. Hey, if I'm Eric Musselman, and I'm not, I kind of wish I was because what a cool job he has, right? But if I'm Eric Musselman, I am sending Justin Smith to double-team Pinson Every time that dude crosses half court with the ball, get it out of his hands. Just like you did Sharif Cooper. Get it out of his hands. Make somebody else get in that ball screen. Make them go through a rotation of their motion and have to run it late in the shot clock. Double him, get it out of his hands. You know, I think those are some of the things that you can clean up on the defensive end of the floor. Obviously, you got to make shots. You know, if, if Arkansas goes into Columbia and shoots 27% again, they're going to lose again. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Missouri's very good. They're not invincible. 13-3, and 6-3 in conference. Arkansas is 15-5, 7-4. I mean, Missouri's lost to Mississippi State, lost to Auburn. I mean, that tells me Arkansas can absolutely go in there and steal one on the road. 
you know, Missouri's last four games, if you take a look at their schedule, have been decided by two possessions or less. Like I said, they don't really blow teams out that often. They can, but very rarely does that happen. So in my opinion, if you get some kind of rhythm going offensively, right, it doesn't have, you don't have to shoot the lights out, but just shoot near your average. You're going to be in a position down the stretch to win the game. That's all you can ask for on the road. You know, looking at the numbers, Missouri still doesn't shoot it particularly well from the perimeter. 30% as a team. You know, Mark Smith obviously is their best shooter, but his percentage has dipped quite a bit in conference play. It, it's Pinson and Drew Smith now that are shooting well enough to where you have to respect them. I don't know that Arkansas necessarily felt like they had to do that in the first matchup. You know, and then there's Tillman, who obviously you absolutely have to contain that guy better. Get him in foul trouble. Arkansas is usually pretty good at that, right, whether it's getting him on moving screens or, or attacking and getting to his body. Get him in foul trouble. Get him out of the game. But between Tillman, Pinson, and Mark and Drew Smith, I mean, that, that core four guys, after that, They've got a bunch of role players. They're capable, but they're not likely to kill you. Those other four guys, they can take over a game. Well, Arkansas really, really, really needs to win this one. It'd be huge for them. There are other quad one opportunities, we'll talk about that in a minute, that are still sitting out there. But this one's a little bit different. I mean, this is a top ten team on the road. Okay, who, in my opinion, is beatable for Arkansas. I, I don't think it's a terrible matchup. You have to play well to win, obviously. You're, you're going on the road to play a top-10 team. But a big opportunity, and it's an opportunity to just really show, I think, more of what you're capable of if you're Arkansas. I think they kind of got a bad rap during that stretch when they had the clunker against Missouri, played well at Tennessee, but then the – crazy losses at, at LSU and Alabama. And I think from a national standpoint, in terms of like the eye test, people look at that and go, oh, yeah, maybe these guys aren't that good. Well, they're a different team with Justin Smith. And they've improved in other areas. Other guys have emerged. So I think having a better showing in the rematches is going to be a better indicator of who the Razorbacks really are. And I think that's what's going to stand out come Selection Sunday, for example. You know, looking at the SEC standings now, Alabama obviously at the top at 11-1. and one. These guys are rolling. I've been struggling a little bit lately, though. I, I mean, they, they took the loss to um, Missouri over the weekend. South Carolina gave them everything they wanted uh, last night, Tuesday night. Alabama won, but that was a battle. So they're starting to show some chinks in the armor, maybe. It's going to be really interesting to see that matchup when they come into Bud Walton. I don't know if Arkansas is ready to beat those guys just yet, but I don't think they're going to lose by 31. <laughs> I think it's going to be a really competitive game. I'm excited for that one. But, you know, back into the standings, Arkansas is second in the win column in the SEC, seven wins at 7-4. and four. I guess Missouri is technically ahead uh, in terms of win percentage. They're 6-3. and three. Now, Missouri plays tonight, Wednesday night, depending on, on when you're listening to this, um, against Ole Miss. That's going to be an interesting game. 
I think it's on the road for Mizzou, a team again that they have a, they have a few capable shooters. They don't burn it up for three from three, and they're playing against that Ole Miss zone. So you wonder if that's going to be one of those slow, low-scoring, grinded-out type of games. Be interesting to see what happens there. I almost hope Missouri wins, to be honest. Just that way you don't have a, a ticked-off team return into their home floor on Saturday. That's a big game. Man, Arkansas is in a great spot in these standings. You know, like I said a hundred times, no, no games in the SEC are gimmies. Nothing in this league is handed to you. But if you win the ones you're supposed to, which would be at this point, as I look at the schedule, you know, the two with Texas A&M, you hope that you get that game, your home game back at the end of the year. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen because A&M has had more games postponed now. I think they have like four that need to be made up. I don't know how they're going to decide which ones to make up. Hopefully Arkansas gets it because if you get two there, and you get the win against South Carolina at the end of the season, that puts you at 10 league wins. That's a good spot to be in anyway. But then you have that those four games at Missouri, and then you get Florida, LSU, and Alabama at home. Can you go 2-2 two and two there? I think you can. I, I think you can do better than that, but I don't think 2-2 two and two is too much to ask. Could Arkansas get to 12 and 6? After all this in SEC play, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not crazy talk. 11 and 7 is very doable. You get to either one of those marks, you're really setting yourself up for that top four seed, which means a double buy in Nashville. That's huge. And you get a top four seed in the SEC, you're in the NCAA tournament. I don't care who you beat or don't beat. You're top four in the SEC, especially this year, you're in. Arkansas is in a great spot. You know, prior to uh, last night's game, Joe Lenardi updated his bracketology. He bumped Arkansas up. It, it's been nice to see, you know, it was about a week, 10 days ago, Arkansas was in that last four buys. So they were an 11 seed, very much on the bubble. He updated, moved him up to a 10 seed. Right? He updated again yesterday, moved Arkansas up to a nine seed, has them projected to play uh, Clemson in the first round. And I think if they win, they get Ohio State. Who knows what the matchups would actually be, but it's, it's fun to hypothetically think about that, right? I'd be all right with that matchup. Clemson, first round. You sure would like to avoid that 8-9 game, though. I'd almost rather drop to a 10 seed, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know, here's my take on kind of the back and forth, you know, with what's been going on with this Arkansas team, because there's been a lot of debate, I know, about the resume and, you know, where, where they belong and where they fit and, and everything like that. Listen, especially as of today, this is an NCAA tournament team, period. They are. 15 and 5, no bad losses. Near the top of the power conference, okay, barring a collapse of some sorts, Arkansas should make the field. They're in a heck of a lot better spot than they were last year. I'm not saying they're a lock, okay, but they're in that should be in category. 
They're not world beaters. Arkansas is good. They're not great. They can be great on a given night. They can also be awful on a given night. We've seen both extremes, you know. I think the reason that Arkansas has been projected as in the field almost unanimously, no matter where you look, is because they've avoided those slip-ups. Right? I mean, that's why the the net ranking of 28 in the country, the Ken Palm rating of number 26, all that's favorable. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know they're one in five in quad one games. They have to beat somebody and get a signature win. I agree that they have to do that to get a favorable seed, to bump off of maybe that eight, nine range where you don't necessarily want to be. I don't think you necessarily have to do that to get in. Because other things matter besides those quad one games. Those quad one games, those marquee matchups, your record there, very important. But it's not the only thing that's factored in. If quad one games were the only thing that mattered, Kentucky would be in the field right now because they beat LSU in Florida. Those guys ain't making it. It's the full body of work, right? So Arkansas is 5-0 in quad two games, okay, which is the second tier. A lot of quad two teams wind up in the NCAA tournament. That's a good mark. Kentucky, believe it or not, will probably be a quad one win for Arkansas by the end of the year. For a road game, you just needed to be a win over a top 75 opponent. Well, right now, Kentucky's at 80. They moved up after getting beat last night by Arkansas. But, hey, I mean, you look at Kentucky's schedule, it's fairly favorable down the stretch. All those guys have to do is bump up five spots, and all of a sudden you have two quad one wins. And you got, you know, a handful of opportunities ahead here. So I think I think Arkansas could really uh, kind of make a dent into that one, uh, you know, sore spot on the resume when it comes to that one and five mark against the, the top competition. And if they start to do that, they have the ability to run up to a pretty decent seed. Okay, back in the AP poll, uh, in the receiving votes category, haven't been there since before that that stretch where they, you know, kind of had the bad week with with Bama and LSU. Uh, but people are starting to take notice, and that's good. Five game SEC winning streak, that stuff matters. You know, you don't think Arkansas could go win a first first round game on a neutral floor against Clemson? Come on. You know, really, once you pass the first couple seed lines in the NCAA tournament, teams have flaws. The great teams, the top two or three seeds, right? Once you get there, it's all about matchups. You just got to make the field, play your way in. You know, if Arkansas makes it in as, you know, a, a 9, 10, 11 seed, guess what? They won't be playing these top-tier teams that they've struggled with in the first round. They'll be playing another team just like them. Good, but not great. And to be honest with you, I'm really anxious to hopefully get to see Eric Musselman in a tournament setting because I think his ability to be so game plan specific and prepare for teams on the fly, I think that carries weight. I think Arkansas could be a tough out if they get in and get the right matchups.
I always think back to that Oklahoma State game. You know, Arkansas lost by four, had a chance to take the lead with five seconds left, missed the shot, whatever. True road game. But if you look at it, Oklahoma State is, they're projected as an eight seed in the tournament. So to me, that sounds like a pretty good eight, nine matchup in, in the NCAA tournament, right? You put that game on a neutral floor, um, it was four points in a true road game. I like Arkansas's chances. So, you know, for, for the crowd that says, well, they haven't beat anybody, they don't deserve to be in, eh, relax. They, they haven't beaten a, a high caliber team yet. So maybe they don't deserve to be in the conversation of, of a top five or six seed. But the body of work is there right now for them to be in the field. And they can continue to build on that, no doubt. A lot of opportunities ahead. Okay. About 40 minutes in. Let's see if we got some questions or comments today. How are y'all feeling? Willis Hunter says... Joining in from Golden Isles of up from the Golden Isles of Georgia. Good for you. I hope it's nicer there than it is here in Fayetteville. Man, it is a mess outside. I don't know what it's doing. Rain, ice, sleet, nasty out here. Supposed to get below zero temperatures over the weekend. Come on. I moved south from Missouri, from St. Louis, to get away from that. Get out of here. It's been a pretty mild winter, though. I guess can't complain. We got until, you know, got to February before it started really getting freezing on us. Isaac Riley says, inclement weather kept me home from work today, so I finally get to watch the entire show. Appreciate the content, Curtis, from you and Hog Sports. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is a perk of being able to stay home. You get to tune in to these shows. Wesley Harris says, agreed. Desi's still hurting. Yeah. It, it was good to see him get out there and get involved, but you could tell. I mean, he, he took the one three-pointer, and, uh, man, the shot just didn't look didn't look comfortable. Then he went to the free throw line. I think that's when it was really obvious. Missed the two free throws. You could tell uh, that the release just wasn't fluid. He was pushing it, which tells me that he's, he's still uncomfortable there. But, I mean, if he couldn't lift his arm above his head on Saturday and he was able to at least get out there and shoot a little bit, on Tuesday, hopefully he can continue to be on the mend and recover because obviously he can help Arkansas down the stretch. Wesley Harris again, truth, uh, good play from Jackson in those minutes of the first half. Yeah, that was good. You know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes, you know, with, with a guy and, uh, you know, tough decisions have to be made by the coaching staff. Vance Jackson's a good enough player to play for a lot of teams around this country a significant role a starting role I mean he has in the past and and probably expected to do that when he came to Arkansas but it hasn't worked out so far he's had his moments and his ups and downs uh, and I know as a player how frustrating it can be and, and how much it can affect your confidence to kind of fall out of the rotation but I got to give him credit because the opportunities that he's gotten lately Goes in, does his work, performs well. He's not trying to do too much, and he's helped the team. And in doing that, he's starting to get noticed by the coaching staff, right? Musselman took notice of it. Maybe his role will increase, but yeah, definitely. You know, coming in and knocking down that three, making the little runner. Like I said, I love seeing that effort out of him. 
And it's one thing that has kind of been questioned about him at his other stops in the past is where's that chip on his shoulder, that defensive intensity. And, you know, I thought he was aggressive on the boards. Saw him really boxing out hard, diving on the ground for loose balls. That's what you have to do to get yourself back in the mix. Maybe he did it. We'll see. Hunter Martin says, being able to hear Calipari on the sidelines made me despise him even more. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that guy's something else. I do think he's a good coach in terms of X's and O's and, and things like that. He, he does a nice job uh, from that standpoint, but it's hard not to let that guy crawl under your skin a little bit. <laughs> Felt good to beat him. I was rolling my eyes. I, I watched the their press conference last night and you know just hearing him talk about that last that last play was it a foul was it a jump ball I'll, I'll have to go look at the tape and and see what I think about it well you go look all you want it's not gonna change bud sorry you of all people who usually gets the benefit of the doubt with every call especially on your home floor deal with it Josiah Moody says Vance gives good offense. If he could pair that with defensive rebounding, I'm sure he would be on the floor more. Yeah, I agree. Three defensive rebounds last night in, in a short spurt. Uh, I liked his activity there. I 100% agree that's kind of been the thing with him. I think if you keep, if you keep him out there for 25 minutes or whatever, he's going to score points. Um, but is he going to give up more than he <laughs> than he scores, right? So seeing that kind of effort defensively is big. Pam Buford says, love the game last night. So happy they won. Yeah, that, that felt good. It was You kind of felt that sigh of relief come from the fan base. They needed that one. Big win for so many reasons. Arkansas shouldn't lose eight games in a row to anyone. Nobody. They snapped that streak. They snapped the... Uh, six in a row that they had lost to Mississippi State last week. So knocking off some of those streaks, I like it. Pam Bufford says, impressive win on the road. It's hard to beat Kentucky. It is. Again, not that I want to give them too much credit, but I, Kentucky might be the best 5-13 and 13 team in the country. <laughs> I mean – you know, Arkansas, I, I do think Arkansas took their best shot last night because I've watched a lot of Kentucky games this year when the Hogs aren't playing, and there have been some times where those guys have not looked good at all. I thought Kentucky looked good last night. Hard not to when you make 14 threes in a game. But what does that say about the Hogs, right? Kentucky's in their own building. They make 14 threes. They beat up on you a little bit on the glass. You still beat them. Good stuff. J.W. Hill says, blue blood win is a blue blood win no matter what their record is. Yeah, 100% agree. Like I said, throw the, rec the record out the window. Beating Kentucky matters. It especially matters to this fan base. It's good stuff. Billy Abbott says, we left them wide open on numerous threes. Ridiculous. Glad we pulled out the W. Woo pig suey. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, Musselman mentioned that to a degree that was part of the game plan. It wasn't necessarily an, okay, we're not going to guard you. 
on the three point line, but it was we we'll let we'll live with you getting some decent looks from three, but we're gonna take away what you do around the rim. And they did. You know, Arkansas actually dominated points in the paint. I think they outscored Kentucky by a dozen or so points in the paint, which makes no sense. It also doesn't make sense that Kentucky hit 14 threes. I mean, you kind of you kind of kind of take the law of averages into account. You know, Kentucky's shooting less than 30 percent from three as a team. Um, you know, they were making like 5.7 per game coming in, and really, you think about their shooters, if shooters, hey, air quotes, were Davion Mintz, who had a decent game from three. And Dante Allen, who really didn't do much at all. The guys who were hitting them all are actually the guys you want shooting them. Okay? The big men, Saar, Toppin, they combined for five. Those guys haven't done much of anything all year. And then the guards who were really knocking them down, uh, Boston and Askew, both those guys were, were sub-30%. They were drilling them. <laughs> they were drilling them last night. I think a lot of those open looks, those wide open looks that you're talking about, and there were a few... Uh, came from Saar, the seven-footer, uh, instead of picking and rolling, he was setting the ball screen and flaring out. And I, I think Arkansas just you know, kind of had to settle for that and didn't switch or didn't make the adjustments. And he made him pay. He absolutely made him pay. That was scary. <laughs> scary down the stretch. But a win is a win is a win. Got to love it. Michelle Rava says, love the haircut. You did cut your hair, right? Or did you pull it out from the stress of the game? Last couple of minutes had my heart pumping. Yeah, I, I, did, I did cut the hair this morning. I didn't pull a lot of it out last night, but I, I think, you know, about 50% of it went gray during that game. So had to do something to take care of that, no doubt. MP Rich says, Wu Pig Sui from SoCal. Is there a player in NCAA that plays harder than Devo? First of all, I feel like I say this every time you comment. I'm so jealous that you're in Southern California right now. Good for you. Good place to be. And is there a player in the NCAA that plays harder than Devo? No. I, I, there's not. Especially consistently. The guy's motor is incredible. I, I, I can't say enough about it. I know I go on and on about Devo's energy, but man, the dude never gets tired. He's, you know, he's a hundred percent every single second he's out there. And, and sometimes that, that hurts him because, you know, there are times where you need to slow down a little bit, let the game come to you. He's out there like a wild man. I love it. I love the energy and it doesn't end after the game, which is what, what makes you love the kid even more because you know, the other night, the home game against Mississippi State, he, he plays 37 minutes or whatever. It seems like his energy level is a notch above anyone else on the floor. Right after the game, he's right back on the floor going through another workout with the coaching staff, getting more shots up, working on things. Then he sprints back in to the, to the media room and does a press conference with everybody. He probably went back out and shot some more after that. Does Debo sleep? <laughs> it's unbelievable his energy. You gotta love it. Josiah Moody says we played for steals really well all game. Devo got the one when it mattered most. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I thought both teams did a pretty good job of taking care of the basketball. By the way, uh, Arkansas 
only had six turnovers in that game. That's the lowest number of turnovers an Arkansas team has made in Rupp Arena. So really, really good ball security from the Razorbacks. And, yeah, I thought they did a nice job of anticipating some of those passing lanes and jumping them at times. And, and yeah, Devo is the one that, that really stood out. I mean, he read that play to a T. And apparently he called it during the timeout before Tate's last free throw. One thing that he mentioned in the press conference after the game, I, I guess during that timeout he looked over at Jalen Williams and said, hey, man, after Tate makes this free throw, I'm getting a steal. Jalen Williams confirmed it on Twitter <laughs> that he said that. but And then he went out there and did it. Pretty impressive. Tim Schmacher says, anyone else see Connor as a young Larry Bird? He looks like him. <laughs> I don't know if he has this, the complete skill set, but he looks like him for sure. I could see that. But you like that? I mean, tall, lanky, can shoot a little bit. I, I, I'm excited about Connor's potential moving forward. You, sometimes you forget he's just a sophomore. So he's got at least two more years. He can come back and develop. And we've talked about it before. You know, Hopefully he can put that weight back on and keep it. I think he's showing that he has uh, a little bit of meanness and toughness inside of him, which is one thing you worried about for a while there. But I think he's shown that he has that within him. Now if he can just add a little bit of the physicality, uh, you know, in terms of, of adding strength and size, well, then you might be onto something there. I think he's a better shooter than he's shown throughout the year. He's getting a little more comfortable, a little more confident. He's only going to improve, right? Him and Jalen Williams in there the next couple years. Arkansas's got something going there, I think, at the five. J.W. Hill, when is the last time we won five in a row? Anyone know? You know, five in a row SEC league games, I mean, it's it's been a while. I don't know. I'd have to get hog stats on that, but uh, it's it's definitely been a while. Pam Belford says, yes, he won the game with that fabulous steal. That's right. He did. Good job, Devo. Ronnie Mock says, more of a poor man's Dirk Nowitzki than poor man's bird. Yeah. I like that. I like that comp, too. Daniel Bradshaw Sr. says, need to drive to the basket more often down the stretch. Stop shooting so many threes. You know, I'm actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I started thinking that myself. You know, how, how poised was this team going to be down the stretch when Kentucky's making a run in their own building, they're just lighting it up from three. And in a lot of cases, Musselman likes to take the air out of the ball, right, and, and play the possession game. Dribble out half the shot clock, you know, get Note or somebody in a ball screen, try to make a play the last five seconds or so of the shot clock. There was a little bit of a stretch there where – you know, those, in those last few minutes where Arkansas got a little three-point happy, and I kind of felt the same way. But they made the adjustment. They made the adjustment. Tate had a strong drive to the rim late, and he finished, which was good. I, I liked seeing Justin Smith get involved down there, so some good things there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, down the stretch, especially when you're playing with the lead, get to the rim, get fouled, go knock down your free throws. I'm with you. 
Nick Headley, can you make a case for Moody to stay another year? <laughs> yeah, we, we want him to, <laughs> right? Arkansas fans would like that a lot. You know, there's no telling what's going on in a guy's mind. Honestly, you know, coming into the year, I thought maybe you could make that case. It seemed like he was a borderline first-round guy and, you know, maybe kind of a, a prove-it year where he could come back and develop and things like that. But, I mean, when you're sitting at lottery status and all these mocks, that's millions of dollars. So can't say I'd blame him if he goes. Guillermo Ozuna, what's up, Curtis? Woo Pig Suey, what's up? Thanks for tuning in. Andrew Douglas Efford says, can you talk about Devo Davis and the energy the guy brings to the Hogs? Yeah, yeah, we, we kind of hit on that a little bit, but he's relentless. And, and the one thing that I didn't touch on with that is how, how contagious and infectious that becomes. Right? When you've got a teammate who's getting after it like that, it makes you want to do the same thing. And that's why I think Arkansas is a better team, defensively especially, when he's on the floor, they look more aggressive and they stay in attack mode. He's a freshman. He's going to make some mistakes. And that's okay because he makes up for it with his effort. And I'll also add, I think he's going to be a key on Saturday because, again, I'm not must, wish I was, but I'm not. But if I was coaching this game, I would put Devo on Xavier Penson for 40 minutes. They, every second that Pinson's in the game, Devo Davis would be on him. Because I think he's the closest thing Arkansas has to be able to match up with his quickness, and he's also so good at avoiding screens. He's so slippery. So when Big Tillman comes up to set those heavy screens, where in the last game, Pinson was just turning the corner on it and getting straight to the rim, Devo's going to be able to avoid a lot of those. And that's important, really important in this game, because you can't let Pinson get in the lane like he did last time. David Harris says, I can see Devo Davis, a big key for the Hogs, since Desi's been hurt, big energy player for a freshman. Yeah, his, his emergence has been huge. Absolutely huge. Because under normal circumstances, I mean, if you think about your one returning guy with a lot of experience like Desi, you know, having some of the struggles that he's had with, with his consistency and then going down with an injury, that could be a big blow to a team. But Arkansas has been able to overcome that so far because of what Devo has been able to do. Kind of has the same makeup as Desi. The way they play with, with that energy and intensity, attacking the rim, fearless. Those two complement each other pretty well. So yeah, absolutely been a key Jay Shin says with Smith back and Williams playing more minutes what do you think our chances are at Mizzou you know I feel I feel pretty good about this you know I, I felt decent about it the first time that Arkansas played Missouri now we didn't know Justin Smith was going to be out until a half hour before the game so that kind of changed things but you know like I said Missouri very good veteran team uh, and, and they are where they are in the, in the national rankings at number 10 for a reason these guys can play 
but they're not invincible. And a lot of times they don't overwhelm teams and blow them out. They just know how to finish. So I, I think you add, you know, like you said, Justin Smith back into the fold. I think Jalen Williams uh, could be a big factor in this game. He's going to need to see some time on Tillman. I think he's better equipped and more confident in doing that now as opposed to where he was five or six weeks ago when they played the first time. So uh, I, I do like Arkansas' chances. Not going to be easy, especially on the road. Um, but, you know, I, I think if Arkansas goes in there and wins, it, it wouldn't be an overwhelming upset. I absolutely think they can go in there and get it done. Jason L. Downing says, hell of a game, wasn't it? That was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed that one. J.W. Hill says, how long until Devo appears on draft boards? Man, you know, I, I, he's got some work to do, right? I think at his size, you know, at 6'3 or so, um, you know, he's going to need to be a guy where if he was going to go to the league, it's going to have to be a point guard. So he's going to have to tighten up uh, the handle, develop the right hand a little bit, improve the perimeter jumper. Uh, but in terms of, you know, his athleticism and his defense and his motor and things like that, you know, there's an avenue to making some money playing basketball for a guy like Devo Davis. And again, he's only going to get better, right? We don't look at Devo and, and think, okay, he, you know, he's, he's a one and done guy. He's out of here. No, he's not a finished product at all. He's still got a lot to work on. He's already making an impact for Arkansas. So you think about what he can do over the next couple of years. He's going to be a heck of a player for the Hogs. And a lot of times you, guys, you, you see guys make their biggest jump from their freshman to sophomore year. So it'll be really interesting to see where he's at this time next season. And then maybe we can revisit that conversation, and, and it sounds completely different. It'll be interesting to see. Okay. Wow. We're an hour in. So I think I'm going to wrap this thing up. What a show. I had fun today. You know, it feels good to come on here and talk about a Razorback win, especially over Kentucky. And you got an Arkansas team that's positioning itself for March Madness. Soak it in right now. Soak it in. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Embrace these ups and downs that are going to come over the next few weeks because, honestly, you know, we're, we're blessed, I think, uh, to even be able to see these guys play at all with the craziness that's been going on. It's a fun team. It's a fun season. Enjoy it. We will be back after the Florida game, the midweek game next week. Back for the Florida game for the next episode. Hey, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I can't say enough how awesome it is to, to be able to, to talk hogs, interact with you guys. When we're getting the questions and comments, that's awesome. I love that. That's great stuff. I appreciate you as always. You guys are what makes the show go. Again, be back after that Florida game. Hey, maybe at that point the Hawks have picked up another big W. We'll see. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you guys as always. We'll talk to you next time on Hog Hoops Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.